0: Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment by interviewing cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations. Dr. Elsie is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters as soon as they reopen. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. This show is also brought to you by Meet Me, where they make organic, humane, raw, frozen foods and dehydrated treats on their own rural farm in Virginia. The turkey, chicken, rabbit, and beef are certified organic and humanely raised and processed right on their property. So they control safety and health for animals on their farm and at your home which is why they say from farm to bowl i have the pleasure once again of talking to dr bruce elsie in colorado his company is called dr elsie's precious cat and it's the number one litter company in the in america i don't know about the rest of the world but probably soon but the extraordinary thing to my mind is that it's completely owned and and developed by dr elsie himself so We all think cat litter. Everyone just thinks cat litter is a thing that exists, like, I don't know, hot dogs. But you have to make litter somehow, some way. And what are the different ways? And what are the best ways for your cat, for your human health, for the environment? So, Dr. Elsie, thanks for being here. And to you, it must seem like dredging into the recesses of your your memory, because when you first started being a feline-only veterinarian, was there only one kind of litter, clay litter? I mean, didn't there used to just be a thing called litter and even then we didn't know what it was made of?
1: Absolutely, Tracy. So back when I graduated from veterinary school in nineteen seventy-seven when the earth was still cooling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You knew you knew right away if somebody had a cat the minute you walked into their front door because the the kind of the state of the art of cat litter at that time was that you would use a plain clay and people would use it uh, too long. And then of course you start to get uh, an odor that develops because of that. And so cat litter was really problematic. Uh, It was better than nothing, but certainly, just slightly better than just regular sand. It was just a right. a, a clay product. Um, then in 1985, 86, um, there was a company that developed a clumping litter uh, that was real fine, and they sold it in milk jugs. And so we ordered some of that into my clinic, the cat clinic, And we all tried it and on our cats at home and client cats. Right. And we thought it was good, except that it didn't really hold. The clumps didn't hold together well. So the type of clay it was uh, was not really uh, a clay that would uh, stick together and hold together.
0: Uh, Let me interrupt. Was was this just clay dug out of a mountain, like out of the earth?
1: Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, then dried and ground okay. and screened. Got it. Uh, and the particle size was like sand.
0: Very that fine.
1: Was, it, it, real fine, which cats like. Uh, but unfortunately, it was certainly not the answer from an odor standpoint. So um, I knew that sodium bentonite was had a tendency to clump and stay in clumps just because it's used uh, in the oil patch for uh, drilling mud to bring uh, rock back up out of a hole. They have to, they have to have something to, uh, when they're drilling, it actually helps in that process. And I was aware of that from just being around that a little bit. Right. And, so I thought, well, I will try some granular sodium bentonite and see how it works as a cat litter. And this was um, about 1986, 87. And so then I started packaging that in a garage next to the clinic <laughs> and selling it.
0: No kidding to
1: uh, our clients, uh, you know our and they thought it was great,
0: isn't that interesting and you know that so reminds that's me the way it all came about of my father and Paul Newman, who started Newman's own with a salad dressing that Paul Newman used to mix up in his kitchen slash basement and give to friends as a gift. and everyone liked it so much. And so you were an entrepreneur like that, although you had a side job, which was owning your own cat clinic and being a vet during the day. so you were. Sort of a chemist engineer on the side.
1: I guess you could say that, right? Um, That's... Yeah, and then uh, then it just kind of evolved from that. Um, we developed uh, Cat attract by adding uh, herbs to the litter that attracted cats, and we've uh, over the years develop different varieties for senior cats and uh, kittens uh, just to their own specific needs because of problems that they might have. Uh, Senior cats, of course, uh, are more prone to lower urinary tract infections. So it's important uh, that they can keep their uh, perineal area clean. Yes, And so that was the That was the rationale behind developing that litter. Uh, Kittens like a smaller particle size, so Ah. we have a smaller particle size. for it. So pretty much across the board, uh, as things evolved, we just looked for where there was a problem and developed products to address those problems. So pretty straightforward, really.
0: Well, not really, because herbs to attract a cat to a litter box is exactly not logical or lineal. That's... That's a, a different creative mind that would think of that. I mean, all the other letters that I've ever heard of, they have pine or lavender or maybe lemon. I'm not even sure, but they have sense that, that the manufacturers, which are big companies, they're not a privately owned company like yours where you can invent things, try them, and if they work, keep them, and if they don't work, change them. But they were only trying to appeal to humans like so many even, I, I don't know, products for pet foods were made to look attractive to people with fake colorings and fake shapes. It, it was all about the people. And these litters all evolved to solve problems that cats had with eliminating in a litter box to make people's lives better. What made you think of herbs?
1: Well, I knew that there were things that attracted cats. And so by just having that knowledge, uh I just expanded on that, Uh, you know, and it's funny you would bring that up about lemon and orange and that sort of thing, because citrus is aversive to cats and they've even had um, orange peel litter, for example, because pretty much everything under the sun has been used or will be used or try to be used as a cat litter. Um, But you know we try to speak for the cat that's the way we've always uh we even have a little sign up on the refrigerator at the clinic that that says that that nice we speak for the cat you know so you know people may not always agree with what you're saying but we try and always uh, take that approach and speak for the cat what the cat would want if they could talk
0: so you knew that cats were drawn to eating certain kinds of grasses, right? They like that, and certainly they like catnip, which is an herb. But how did you come up with the – how would you come up with the herbs? Was it trial and error? Here, Cat, do you like this herb? Do you want to come over and sniff it, or what combination of herbs? I'm, I imagine they're proprietary herbs. It's not oregano and marjoram, but what is it, if you're allowed to say?
1: Well, it is proprietary but uh yeah it was a trial and error sort of thing um i was fortunate in that not only did i have clients cats that i could test things on but there are a couple of shelters that are close to the clinic and so i was able to do comparison studies there as well
0: that's brilliant so
1: uh, i was just in a natural uh setting to take advantage of all that Whereas a big litter company, um, you know, if they wanted to do that, they would have an awful lot of hoops to try and go through. They would,
0: and a lot of money to do a trial that was a scientific trial, and you'd have to go to a vet college, and and would they even have enough cats to test it on, and all those cats would be sick cats, so that wouldn't necessarily count. What you then have come up with, okay, so those early litters, the early cat attract were they still made of clay was that still the only oh no sorry it was that it was that product from the oil fields so you didn't use clay at all
1: well no it is a clay it's but it's a sodium betonite clay I see uh, and it has different properties uh, it holds a clump that stays together so it doesn't break down in the litter box uh, Of course if you have a clump that doesn't break down then you can get that scooped out in its entirety, which is really so much important. It's very important that you don't have clumps that shed in the litter box.
0: It's counterproductive. Then they just go back into the other litter and and basically stink it up. There's another thing that I remember when I was researching for the cat Bible that people didn't understand that a litter box needs scooping minimum once a day. Say you only have one cat at least once a day, twice a day would be better. But they also had this idea, well, if some is good, more is better. And that'll give me more deep litter for all of the, the waste to go into. But cats don't like that, at least in my research. And I'm I, you know a lot more about litter than I ever will. But I think it's important for people to know that it's a very, it's a kind of a stingy amount of litter compared to how much you think you'd like to put in there. Not many inches, but is it just enough to cover the bottom of the pan with an inch or two? What is the the optimal way to make sure the cat is feels welcome in that box and doesn't think, "Oh my God, I just stepped onto the beach in East Hampton. This is way too deep. I think I'll go in the corner on Grandma's carpet
1: right. you know I think that um, you just have to have enough litter in there that when it does clump that the urine doesn't make its way all to the bo- all the way to the bottom of the box.
0: It gets and absorbed so, before it hits the plastic
1: right before it hits the plastic. Uh, so that depends uh, a bit on the cat how much it happens to dig before it gets in there. That's right. Uh, yeah, so you I, I think people just have to experiment a bit with their individual kitty and see how much litter works uh for that cat.
0: That's a good but point. certainly
1: you're you're correct. You, you don't you know, you don't need to have 5 inches of cat right, litter. In the right. Box.
0: Although of course yeah. those of you selling cat litter think sure, use more. But in the end it it's counterproductive because then someone thinks well the cat didn't like the litter, no, it was really the delivery system. So here's a question, Dr. Elsie, that I don't know the answer to, so I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. But the issue of climate change and the environment and sustainability and protecting our planet as well as you know taking care of our kitties, does the sodium bentonite that you base all of your litters on, which is a clay product, is that a good or a bad thing for the planet or other more chemicalized or other ingredient litters lighter on lighter footprint carbon footprint i don't know and i'm and i'm sure you'll tell the truth um because you care about the planet too you live in colorado where nature is all around you so so what about that that impact environmentally of making litter
1: well the substrate that we utilize is uh pure sodium bentonite which is a natural product uh it doesn't have chemicals added to it. Uh, so the thing that, that I'm concerned about with uh, a lot of the lightweight litters that are out there is that they're completely engineered products. Okay. Uh, not all of them, but many of them are. And so they're a combination of minerals that have very little absorption, but yet they're very light. But in order to get them to stick together, they add adhesives to them. And then to get the absorption, they add polymers to them, both. So it's a combination of a very light uh, mineral, which is natural enough. But the mineral on its own doesn't really have absorptive properties. Right. So what is done is they add polymers like uh, different things that have super absorption to them. And then they also add glues, adhesives, so it will clump.
0: Wow. So,
1: so you get a really unnatural product at the end of the day. So my concern with that is really twofold. So cats get some litter on their paws that they lick off. Right. So, uh, Cats lick their paws, lick their hair. And so over the over the period of their lifetime, is there potential any toxicity associated with that? Which I don't know. Uh, but typically things like that are excreted out through the kidneys. And kidney compromise is the number one cause of the demise of old cats.
0: Good point. Mm-hmm.
1: So that concerns me. And then the other part of that is just from an environmental standpoint, um, is that the best thing for the environment versus a natural clay, which sodium bentonite is that you pretty much are mining it uh, or farming it more than mining it almost uh, and moving it from one location to another. But, now it has some cat urine in it, so that's the environmental impact.
0: That's very interesting because it it really does matter what cats walk on. And first of all, they're right near the ground. But if they but they lick their paws, they're the cleanest creatures we know, and they lick their paws all the time. So it of course no one's going to do a study to look at the the innards of a kitty cat at age two, four, six, eight, ten. To see how the you know how what's the uptake like of those chemicals, but for the convenience of the customer to carry home something lighter, litter is heavy. I mean, people put you know containers of litter in the back of their trucks when it's really uh, slippery and icy and snowy because litter is so so heavy. But it, it's obviously in its natural state. That's what it is. And nowadays people don't have to lug anything home because of home delivery. So you don't really have to carry anything home. So you're—it's better to carry home something that came from the earth. When you said mining, we all kind of, you know, fracking and strip mining, and we think of that as a bad thing. But but where clay comes from, are we hurting the earth, the environment?
1: Well, the the short answer would be no. Uh, the way that uh, that sodium. Sodium bentonite was actually volcanic ash. Oh my! And then, so it was a result of like when Mount when Mount St. Helena uh, exploded, it put this ash all over the world, or uh, especially just right there in a certain area. But right. uh, you know, at one time uh, when the Earth was Uh, forming, there were all these volcanoes, and then ash would fall, and then uh, eventually over at eons, that was turned into sodium bentonite. And there was uh, some areas where this is exposed. It's just laying right there. For example, in Utah, around Moab, and into there, there's just everywhere. It's just right there on top. Uh, Other areas, there may be a little bit of earth on top of it. But when I say it's like farming, uh, the way it's mined is it can be, they use a disc, uh, just like you would till the soil with for farming. Right. And they loosen it up that way so it can dry in the air, and then they scoop it up and haul it and then process it further by grinding it uh, so you get and screening it but then if there was dirt on the top of it they bring that dirt back over the top of it no and kidding. it Wow so, so it really
0: there's is farming. no
1: impact there's no real impact that is noticeable after that layer is removed so well however thick that layer is it might be a foot two feet. Or even more, but then they put the put the dirt back and so at the end of the day you just have overall that area is gonna be a little lower, if
0: you will. Right. But it's not like anything else much was gonna happen there anyway. In terms of some True. other use of the land. You're not gonna build a house on it or grow tomatoes on it or something. Sounds like it was right. it was born to be cat litter. Another question is the disposal of cat litter. First of all, some people think you can flush cat litter, and I've even read some companies that say it's flushable. That seems like the worst idea. Is it the worst idea?
1: Well, it's the worst idea from a number of different standpoints. <laughs> uh, to start with, um, any municipality will tell you to not flush anything down the stool. Right. Um even though they say things are flushable. Uh, there, there's a problem with uh, swelling cat litter that it can cause your pipes to plug up. Love that. Uh But then there's also issues with uh, toxoplasmosis, which is a protozoa oh. that cats shed for just a short period of time. But then if that gets, uh, if that gets into the seawater, then uh, you can have problems associated with. Um, you can get problems associated with the rest of uh, mammals, if you My will, God. that might come in contact with that. So, sea otters, in particular, uh, there's a big concern about uh, toxoplasmosis. And then becoming ill because of people flushing cat litter. Wow.
0: Talk about unintended consequences. So is the best way to to bag it and put it in your trash?
1: Exactly. Okay. Right.
0: And then it goes into the, the landfill or wherever trash goes. Well, this has certainly been the 101 on cat litter. And everybody, do not flush it because those poor sea lions and every everything else that lives in the sea, not to mention your own sewage system. Heavens to Betsy. Dr. Elsie, thank you so much for everything you do on behalf of all kitties, but especially the ones who have to eliminate many times a day that you've made their life easier. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome, Tracy. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Cat Chat. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which created their own clean protein foods, inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but a clean protein also comes as a dry food. The first one I would recommend if you want to feed dry, even as part of your cat's diet. This show is also supported by Cat Water, specially formulated to appeal to cats, chlorine-free, ozonated, and lightly acidic, to encourage them to drink more to promote urinary tract health and the ideal pH.